This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Buck Sexton here in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. Thank you so much for joining. As always, great to have you here. So I'd like to think that I'm in the holiday spirit, considering that we have Thanksgiving in just a few days, and we have a number of other holidays coming up after that. I'm even here on a set where there are snowflakes falling gently. It's exciting. Gets me happy. Soon there'll be presents, perhaps a bit of overeating. All good things. You'd think that maybe... There could be a bit of a delay in all of the nastiness in our politics. You think that perhaps they could just sit back for a moment and say, well, we lost that election, but let's all just eat some, some turkey and uh, maple ham, what, whatever else gets you excited. Stuffing, some people are stuffing people, um, and they can look forward to that and time with family and friends and hopefully some time off from work. And that that would be exciting and they'd be ready to go. But if you thought any of that, unfortunately, you would be wrong, it seems, at least based on a bit of the headlines. You see, over the weekend, our vice president-elect, VP-elect, Mike Pence, uh, went to go see a show, a show in my hometown. I've seen a few shows before. I I tend to see them broken down. For those of you who are going to be soon to be visitors to New York or who have been in the past, usually there's the sort of Lion King-style musical extravaganza. And then there's the more uh, artiste kind of stuff that goes on. There's the more high art, high concept Broadway plays. And they get a lot of attention and they get a lot of people making noise about them, generally on the left, because politically speaking, they're always one way. So I don't go to the theater that much. But I would like to think that if I went to the theater, there would be no reason for me to be concerned that it will turn into a political lecture, that there would be the booing of our VP-elect, that it would turn into an opportunity for people, once again, to politicize absolutely everything. They're at Hamilton, Hamilton, a show that I have not yet seen, which I blame Well, one, on the fact that from what I have seen of it, I'm deeply unimpressed. And two, at $700 a ticket, which I think is still about the going rate, and the fact that it's sold out for many months in advance, uh, just not in the buck budget. I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen some of the numbers because they've performed them. I am unimpressed. Easy to say that now, I'm sure some would say, because politically speaking, they have annoyed me. Uh, But... Huge, huge success. A lot of people have gone to see it. Um, I even think Dick Cheney likes it, if memory serves. Lots of folks think that it's great. 
celebration of the founding fathers, uh, a predominantly, if not entirely, minority, uh, predominantly minority cast, um, and people like it, right? It's like founding fathers, history of America with uh, sort of a hip-hop flavor to it. Okay, great. Not necessarily my cup of tea, but maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen it. But we would think that anybody should be able to go to this and... You're, you're, you're at something that celebrates America, celebrates diversity, it's very successful. All these actors are very pleased to be there, be doing well. But the left can't let it go. Whether it's sporting events, I was told recently by a friend, I'd never heard this before, that he can't watch ESPN anymore because ESPN is now MSNBC with sports. I didn't even know because I don't have cable. Uh, but you can't escape this anywhere. There's nowhere you can go where you will be safe. The audience at Hamilton booed Vice President-elect Mike Pence. They thought, well, why let this guy, who was there with his family, by the way, he's trying to enjoy a Broadway show. Maybe we could just let it go, guys. Probably a fair amount of New Yorkers there. I'm sure a fair amount of -of out-of-towners. But everybody should know, basic decorum in the theater. Everyone's there to relax and have a good time. They want to watch the show. I'm not complaining about the politics of the show. That you sign up for. But you don't think that you're going to get singled out in the audience to be booed, to be heckled, and then on top of that, to be lectured in a very condescending fashion by the cast of the show after you've been booed and you are the vice president-elect of the United States of America at a play about the American founding. You you think maybe they could just tone it down a little bit. Just notch it down a few bits. But no, they they didn't do that. Um, In fact, we can play the audio for you because I'm sure some people knew that there was going to be something of a lecture coming. And the lecture came. And here's what it was. Play it. We We have a message for you, sir. We hope that you will hear us out. And I encourage everybody to pull out your phones and tweet and post because this message needs to be spread far and wide, okay? Vice President-elect Pence, we welcome you and we truly thank you for joining us here at Hamilton and American Musical. We really do. We, sir, we are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us. Our planet, our children, our parents, or defend us and uphold our inalienable rights, sir. But we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and to work on behalf of all of us. All of us. This wonderful American story told by a diverse group of men, women of different colors, creeds, and orientations. All right, so you get the idea. To put this in the proper context, by the way, Hillary Clinton, the would-be president-elect, except she lost. Oh, so sad. She attended Hamilton. She was there. She actually had a fundraiser there. So Hamilton was co-opted by the Clinton machine for the purposes of raising even more cash to add to the billion dollars that was spent to make sure that she would not get elected, it seems. And she was hugged by the creator and star of Hamilton, the musical. 
Uh, she was treated as an honored guest. So clearly Mike Pence was not treated as an honored guest. Now, I suppose we can't expect the left, which just based on the way that comedians thought it was their job after the election to cry and spout profanity instead of trying to make us all laugh together. They, they abandon their craft in the face of politics now. They just can't keep it all together. I guess we shouldn't expect all that much for VP-elect Pence at the Hamilton Theater. Uh, but then when you start to put into it the aftermath, the discussions, because this became a, a quite a, uh, a thing over the weekend. I was hoping to avoid politics for a day or two, but... Sure enough, you open the Twitter feed or you look on the Facebook, and what do you find? You find battles raging over whether this was disrespectful or not. Now, I know on the, if you're putting this out on the ledger on the side, if it's not disrespectful, you have Pence himself saying, oh, he didn't feel disrespectful. What's he going to say? Boo-hoo, I feel so sad on the insides. It gives me the sadness that people said mean things. Or they, I'm sorry, the booing was mean. Then we get into the, the verbiage used in the lecture itself. And I even had a, a couple of exchanges with some of my fellow journalist colleagues over the weekend on this one, on the Twitter, which probably it just, Saturday Twitter should just be avoided. Just like stay away from the Twitter on Saturday, Buck. It's a much better way to be. They're saying, what's, disre- what's disrespectful in what they said? It was a message of unity and hope. Really, you know, if somebody told me that they were worried that I was going to be, I mean, I'm unmarried, so let's just go, I, you know, we're worried you're going to be an abusive husband. We're really hoping you can avoid being an abusive husband because a good husband would be great. I wouldn't take that as some compliment. I wouldn't take that as some moment of unity. I wouldn't think to myself, oh, wow, they really have the best interests of humanity at heart here. I'd think, well, that's, that's really nasty. Well, I don't deserve that. Why are they saying that? And that was really the tone. To say that somebody needs to be reminded, or or rather that you are, let me use their exact words, because I don't want to be accused of making it sound worse than it is. Alarmed and anxious, they say, that your new administration will not protect us, our planet, our children, our parents, or defend us and uphold our inalienable rights. So they're alarmed that he won't uphold the Constitution. They're alarmed that he will single out uh, their children, their parents, won't protect them, won't protect the planet. I suppose that's some sort of a nod to climate change hysteria. But even Obama didn't stop the rise of the seas. Or, well, the rise of the seas is not that big of a deal, actually, but don't tell anyone. It's fun for them to freak out about it. But this is now the America that we live in given that Hillary Clinton did not win. You see, they had eight years of Obama, and they figured that it would just be Democrats from here on out. They became really used to getting their way. We were living in an America where the prospect of a Republican candidate, a Republican winning, and then making Supreme Court appointments, a Republican who actually has members, uh, or a majority in the House and in the Senate at the same time, they are going to have to deal with some pretty disappointing stuff going forward, and they're not ready for it. They're willing to throw our most revered institutions under the bus, so to speak. They're willing to say that the way that our government is constructed is not this act of genius. Speaking of the founding fathers and all the great stuff that they did, 
based on one result of one election. We need a rethink, they say. The popular vote is what should matter. States' rights have nothing to do with anything that isn't slavery. That still seems to be the meme. That's the thought process out there, at least if you listen to it on social media and you see what they have to say. Of course, Donald Trump himself decided to weigh in on this, as well as some other journalists. But I just before we get even deeper into this, because I think there are a couple more layers worth exploring, I just wanted to say, not even safe to go with his family to the play. Mike Pence can't just hang out there without people booing him and acting like children and being disrespectful And the actors piling on at the end. I don't care what anybody says, including Mike Pence. The words used were condescending. The message was unnecessary. But this is a harbinger of things to come. This is now a post-Obama Trump as president America, where there will be only safe spaces, so to speak, for the left. Nothing is safe. Nothing is sacred. They particularly dislike that word. Nothing is sacred to protect the right, to protect our rights, if it means that they get to throw a tantrum and they get to make a point, they will do it. 888-727-BECK. Buck Sexton here in for Glenn. We'll be right back. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep. And I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper Mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine, and they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep, casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, $50 off the purchase of your mattress at casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress, casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. Two, one, two, three, four. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Buck Sexton here in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. Thank you so much for joining or for staying through the break. Any and all of the above. I just want to have some fun, if I could, for a minute, with the reactions that you got to this whole Hamilton controversy. People are saying, doesn't, doesn't the pre- are there more important things for Donald Trump and the administration to be worried about than this? Because Trump tweeted out, quote, the cast and producers of Hamilton, which I hear is highly overrated. I'm not going to lie, I've heard that too. Should immediately apologize to Mike Pence for their terrible behavior, <laughs> Trump wrote in his third tweet on the subject. Look, the POTUS Twitter account, or the soon-to-be POTUS, I should say, Twitter account, 
Uh, I don't think it's going to get turned off during the presidency. And I, I think that it's okay. I think that if Donald Trump wants to uh, weigh in on these issues, you will recall we had a president who thought it was fine to weigh in on whether a friend and I believe former professor of his uh, was uh, treated brusquely by the police when he was trying to get back into his home. Remember, the Cambridge police acted stupidly. So there are no, there's no issue that's too small on its face for the president to weigh in. And I think, I think your vice president getting booed and then uh, a stern, or I shouldn't say stern, a condescending lecture from the stage at the most famous Broadway play in the country right now, uh, I think Donald Trump's going to weigh in on that. Uh, there are some, though, who already see conspiracy afoot here. We have, what is this, someone from Politico, uh, Ben White. Sir, you just settled the $25 million fraud lawsuit and your cabinet is looking racist. This is one of the media's favorite things to talk about. Don't worry, I'll distract them all with dumb Hamilton tweets. So this was, it's Trump's fault now. Get, get used to this, by the way. Whether you like Trump or not, get used to the dishonesty you're going to see in the media. With It's not what people do to the administration. It's not maligning very decent government servants, lifelong, uh, lifelong public servants, people that have served in the military for decades who have been asked to serve in a Trump administration. The problem is not with all the nastiness and the lies and the propagandizing of the left against the Trump administration. The problem is with whatever Trump's reaction is to all of that stuff. That's the way they're going to play this. It's really a corollary. It's, it's a sort of addition to the old, anytime a Democrat makes a mistake, rep- quote, Republicans pounce. Or the right-wing media pounces. Well, what are we supposed to do? I mean, there's a, there's a mistake. Something bad happens. You're going to point it out. If pointing it out and talking about it is pouncing, yeah, I guess we pounce a little bit. I guess we've been known to pounce. Uh, but that's the formulation that they come up with so that the focus is never actually on the wrongdoing or the mistake. The focus is on those who point out the mistake. And in this case, not only was the big problem, and I just had to, I was really drinking this in. I had my little brother's birthday over the weekend having a great time. And so when I, when I wasn't out celebrating for that, I'm looking at the, at, I, keep, I need to stop using the article here, the Twitter, because I guess it is just Twitter, but it's fun to call it the Twitter. Uh, and, and, and the Facebook, or if you were in France, le Facebook. Uh, I'm looking at all this stuff and the arguments going back and forth, and I think to myself, well, hold on a second here. Give me, give me, give me a minute. Uh, wait, why is Trump's speech somehow considered to be unacceptable. Why is it not okay for Trump to respond to speech with speech? This is now considered silencing? Ooh, I've got a great one. Uh, Robert Reich, who has three, he's a former administration official, I think under Clinton's, 310,000 followers. So I assume a few people read this. He wrote, I'm with Brandon Dixon, um, I think is one of the actors on Hamilton, but I'm not sure. Real Donald Trump. This is, this is what the left comes up with. Real Donald Trump must stop using tweets to criticize free speech he disagrees with. That's un-American. Hold on a second. So using speech to criticize speech is now, quote, un-American. This is what we've been pushed towards, everybody. You're no longer allowed to even object. Your objection to their transgression is the problem. 
anything that you do that shows that you don't agree with them, that you want to push back, that you think that they are either disrespectful or just wrong, well, you're going to do something that upsets them because you see now the left thinks that America is one giant safe space for them. And with the media completely in their pocket and under eight years of an Obama administration that was far left and as progressive as it could possibly be, they thought that it was all over, that the battles had been won, that nobody would really be able to push back. And if they had the temerity to do so, they would be crushed. And then the Republicans come along and they win everything. And it's a sad, sad day for the progressive left. The statists are all like, whoa, hold on a second, bro. I thought we had finished them off. No, in fact, there are a lot of us still left. And we have a First Amendment right to say that you use your First Amendment right like a bunch of bozos. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Sexton here in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK if you'd like to uh, chat with me here on air. A little bit with a few right now. We've got Kirk in Tennessee. What's up, Kirk? You're talking to Buck. Hey, Buck. How's it going today? That's not bad, sir. How are you? Not bad. Not bad at all. You know, with, with everything that's been going on this whole political season, everybody has been ranting and raving about their rights. My right to free speech, my right to this, my right to that. Well, I'd like to counter with, really, you have no rights. Your right was bought with the blood of our military people who died for that. All we have left are responsibilities. And it is our responsibility to exercise those rights in a responsible adult manner. You have the right to carry a firearm, but you also have the right, the responsibility to use that firearm in a responsible manner. Well, you, you should have the right to carry a firearm, but as a New Yorker, I can tell you there are plenty of places where you actually don't have, they, they, don't, they don't allow you that right. Um, but and, I think, I, think I, I get your, your meaning here. I, I get the point um, that there are people, well, first of all, of course, without uh, military and the sacrifices of those who right. came before us, uh, there would be no state institution that can protect these rights. But, I mean, the rights right. are unalienable, right? I mean, these are rights that are not given to us by government. They are endowed to us by God. That's really the basis for this whole thing we call America, isn't it? It is. It is. But, again, you've got to look at what those, what those rights were purchased with. And if you, take, if you take that thought and use the humility that comes from that thought, all of a sudden my right to free speech exercises my responsibility of when is it appropriate to talk to somebody about the administration or about politics when it is appropriate to confront somebody with my quote-unquote fears and trepidations of what the next political season will bring 
Yeah, basically you're saying, look, this is my reaction. I think I actually tweeted this with the whole Hamilton thing, if we're talking about right. when and where you can have it's just a jerk move. I mean, the guy's at a Broadway yeah. play. I mean, they're going to yeah. have endless. I mean, we're going to see so much talk about him in the media, and we could have the cast of Hamilton. I'm sure they'd be more than welcome on NBC and the Today Show and Good Morning. All. Oh, yeah. Go talk about how terrible Mike Pence or how great he is, whatever. whatever. They're not going to say he's great. But you know what I'm saying. There's lots yeah. of opportunity. They could give a speech without him in the audience even, although I would, if I were in that audience, it would, it would bother me that, I'm there to be entertained. I'm actually not there to be lectured about contemporary politics, right? That's not what I signed up for as, as a consumer. Exactly. I wasn't there. Again, 700 bucks, a little steep. Uh, but they, it, just wasn't, it just wasn't cool. That's the best way I can put it. Well, they did just wasn't cool. And that the left is so uh, self-righteous and also so panicked right now that they can't even understand that it's not cool. That they would try to defend this somehow and say, oh, well... You know, it wasn't that bad. What they said was respectful. No. The guy's there with his wife and kids. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> Let him just watch the play. If you're well, going to come out and say, oh, it's great. We've got Vice President Pence here. Thank you so much for showing up, sir. God yeah. bless America. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And my further thought would be if we, ex- if we exercised our responsibility, these rioters that have been destroying cities because they have their little feelers in them or not, if they exercise responsibility, would we be having these rioters? Uh, no, I mean, that, rioting exactly. is, is de facto irresponsible. Exactly. <laughs> rioting is, is, is the height of irresponsibility when it comes to, well, I mean, there are worse things one yeah. can do, but it's, it's pretty bad when it comes to uh, political activity. So anyway, uh, Kirk, Tennessee, great to talk to you. Thank you for calling you. in. Jerry in Wisconsin, you're on the Glenn Beck program. You're speaking to Buck. Hi, uh, Buck. I'll concede to you that maybe the time and place was wrong and maybe that that was wrong. Okay, I'll concede that point. But the other question, the larger question, is the content. Was the content of what they said wrong? No, I I, I don't think it is. Look, what did President-elect Trump campaign upon? Partly to revoke marriage equality, appeal to the Christian right wing, that he would appoint judges that would strip it. Uh, Mike Pence has not a very good pro-gay record, honestly. So these are fundamental questions that they're concerned about and I'm concerned about. And when are they really going to talk to someone like that, like people who watch the cast with Hamilton? All right, right, so so you've given me your your pros and cons or your yes and no. Uh, let's Let's take this piece by piece. Do you think that anything that they said in any way changed Mike Pence's mind or anyone in that audience, for that matter? Do you, do you think that somebody came away thinking, well, well, now you think Pence was like, you know, I'm going to tell Donald to throw out a lot of the stuff that he's been saying and thinking because the cast of Hamilton is worried that we won't take care of the planet. So on the level of efficacy, do you think that it actually had any impact whatsoever? Well, any free speech is not only going to impact. Look, at my call right now, it's not going to convince many people listening to your show. No, I, I disagree. There, there might you. be people listening. There might be people listening who say that guy's 100% right. I completely agree yeah. with him, and let's go. But by the way, you're also making a coherent argument, one with which I, I don't agree. But saying that we're worried, we meaning the, uh, the cast of Hamilton, we're worried that people. you won't take care of the planet. I mean, this is, this is childish nonsense. What does, that even, what does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. 
Well, we won't take care of the planet. Like, uh, I know you probably disagree, but climate change, global warming, um, marriage uh, equality, gay rights, civil rights, uh, against police uh, violent brutality. Trump, Trump has uh, stood up on stage. A lot of things. Okay, but Trump has stood up on, for getting away from the take care of the planet for a second. Trump has stood up on stage with a, with a LGBT flag and, and held it up high at one of his rallies. He has never said he's going to overturn uh, Obergefell and, and roll, uh, roll back gay marriage. He's never even, I've never even heard him say it. And yet there's this idea out there that Trump's going to do all these horrible and terrible things. He's not even in office yet. And this is the vice president. It's not even Trump. And he's on a Broadway play and he's getting a lecture. I mean, you know, if Mike Pence goes in, you know, if Mike Pence has to go and wash his hands in the lavatory, should people just follow him in there and be like, sure, I know you're trying to wash your hands and have a moment alone, but let me just tell you what's going on here. I mean, there is, I, I think you can see to that, to be fair. There's a time and place issue with it, period. But it, on the messaging aspect of it, that they would, I, I want to make sure, again, I'm going back to the specific verbiage here, concern that they wouldn't take care of or, or they wouldn't protect their children Mike Pence won't protect children? What evidence is there of that? Who said Mike, Mike Pence hates kids all of a sudden? What's the problem? I, I don't understand. Well, I, I think there's a lot of various concerns in that one message. But, I mean, look, at how did Donald Trump get elected? He got elected appealing to Christian evangelicals. So 80% of them voted for him. So there was a reason they voted for him, because they thought he would implement their policy. Other people are seeing this. I mean, we're not stupid. We're seeing his appeals to the Christian right wing. And obviously it produces concerns on the policy wow. he's going to put. this is Jeff fascinating. Sessions- Do- Donald Trump, the, the thrice-married New York City billionaire, is the candidate of right-wing evangelicals. I'm pretty sure from all the exit polling and all the actual data that we have based on the election, People went for Trump because of jobs, the economy, a culture of political correctness, a slap <laughs> at D.C. Uh, you, you don't believe people were just they were all lying about the that. Culture of political correctness. It seems like anything that a conservative sometimes disagrees with is politically incorrect. I'm not saying that it has no meaning, but it's an overused term. I mean, it. So, so you you don't think right. we're at a point now where social justice warriors can't even tell me what terms to use because they change week to week and they will want people like me and others to lose their jobs if we use the wrong pronoun. But you don't think that that's a problem. You don't think there's a, a culture of political correctness. I, I think the term is over years. When um, Colin Kaepernick took a knee, he was called politically correct, even though he took a, a position that the most people disagreed with, a position he did something that hurt him. Um, that was unpopular, and he was called politically correct. You think it hurt him? Um, among, the P- among Colin Kaepernick's constituency and fans, they think he's a hero. I mean, this is like the kids that stand up on college campuses in the auditorium and are like, I just want to want to push for, you know, radical revolution and communism in this country, and everyone around them erupts in cheers, but they're being bold because there are other places in the country that don't agree with them. Uh, no, no, I, I don't buy that at all. And, and by the way, when you have a federal government that is threatening to, as this administration is, cut off funds for schools unless schools allow boys to use the girls' bathroom, I think they've jumped the shark. Like, I actually think we've all reached this point in the country where they've won all of the real battles that they wanted to have in the culture war, and now they're just looking to essentially go and round up the survivors. I, I don't know what else to no. say. They're pushing further and further all the time. No. Uh, well, you could say no, You could say no, but I mean, I'm giving you examples, but and you're just telling me that it's overused. Fact. It's basically that's why. I mean, you're just recognizing I, the fact. 
I'm recognizing what fact. I missed you there, and I wanted to hear it. So, so I can smack it down. People are born into the wrong sex. There are boys who should have been girls, and people born oh girls who should gosh. have been boys. And you're just recognizing the fact that they were born to the wrong sex. I'm just, just I'm I just freshman biology XX chromosome XY chromosome. I, I remember it well, and, and yet Nature for some reason get it right. Basically, we're, we're not being t- yeah. And by the way, the, the people that you're referring to are, are not actually in any way basing this decision upon something that is medical it is emotional and psychological but there's not we're not actually talking about people that have a specific medical issue and that's what they're trying to address uh and by the way always remember that it's not enough to make an accommodation it's not enough to say that there'll be a a separate restroom facility they actually have to use the same facility as the opposite sex because they want everyone to say that this is that science isn't real, that this care. doesn't actually happen. All right, I, 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 we could do this all day, but we got <laughs> actually have to go. But, Jerry, I appreciate it. You're calling in and you're standing tall on your side of the, of the issue, so good for you. Uh, thank you for giving us a ring. We'll take, uh, we've got time for one more. Nathan in Virginia, you're on the Glenn Beck program. You're speaking to Buck. Hey, Buck. I, I wanted to talk to you about uh, Donald Trump's uh, meeting with Romney over the weekend. Um, I, can I share my opinion on the whole matter, and then I want to hear yours? Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. We're going to get to the next hour. Go for it. Start it off. All right. Start the um, noise. I, I do. Be, I do believe that uh, Trump is, has an agenda here to get to win over all the uh, Rhino Republicans, Never Trumpers, by electing basically their leader who ran for the presidency and wasn't good enough for the presidency. What What makes What makes him good enough to be Secretary of State, or, or why would Trump even do that when he, they went against him the whole time? They didn't. He didn't need them to win the the, the presidential elect position. Why? I mean, what, what do you think's going on there? I mean, it, I, don't, I don't like I don't like Romney to be honest with you. Never did. I didn't vote for him the, when he was running for president because I just don't think he would be a good leader. He's a good businessman. He's he's got a man. He's a man with moral and ethics, as far as I know. But the, he didn't support Donald Trump when he needed him the most. And what do you think? What's your opinion uh, uh, on the matter? Sure, sure. Well, well. For full disclosure, Nathan, I I did have a, I, I do have a high opinion of of Mitt Romney, which probably doesn't surprise many people who listen to me on a regular basis. But um, I think he's a very uh, ethical and uh, very very bright, very successful guy, self made guy in business. Uh, why would he or why should Trump reach out to him? Trump is clearly uh, giving a certain privilege to loyalty, right? He's, he's giving a, pr- a preference to those who were loyal to him in the primary, as he should, and is completely understandable, by the way. I think that's one of the most important things. You, know, you, promote, you promote from within your ranks, right? You bring people in that have been with you all along, and then you can also pull in some pieces, at least this is how I see it, uh, that either bring you a, sp- a specific or special uh, expertise that's maybe outside of your inner circle's ability, or... You do it for the purposes of unity, right? Okay, of, so, he's, you, so he's doing it for the purposes of unity. Yes, he of wants, course. He's he doing it to bring to together the various factions of the Republican Party. So he wants to win over the Senate and the House of Representatives when he starts passing legislation because he pulled in Mitt Romney. They're not going to give him such a hard time. The Republicans are talking about. I, I don't know if Mitt Romney alone is going to have much impact if he became Secretary of State on the way the Senate and the House operate, but I, I just think that it's a signal to the sort of mainstream, or uh, mainstream is the wrong word, because Donald Trump won the election. What would we say here? The old guard Republican establishment, that if they're willing to play ball and they want to help a Trump administration be the best that it can be, uh, so that the they're welcome. 
he's, he's What's like up? The little, he's reaching out, and Mitt Romney's literally the olive branch between the Never Trumpers, the Rhinos, and the Trump supporters. Yes, and I, th- I think I think that that's under the circumstances. I think it's wise. But Nathan, we'll get into this more next hour. We got to bounce. Uh, Buck Sexton in for Glenn. Back in a few. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Buck Sexton here in Ford Glen today. Got a lot coming up in the second hour of the show. But first, if we're going to call out a sort of leftist message from the stage and how it's not cool, got to keep it real on both sides here. Kanye, Kanye West, was uh, on stage over the weekend and he praised Trump, which whether you like it or not is what he did, interestingly enough. He also called out Beyonce. The Beyonce police are going to find him. Uh, but he also only did three songs. He was 90 minutes late, and then he walked off stage, and that was it. So, also not cool. He, get, he had a pro-Trump message. What did he say? He said, uh, it's a new world, Hillary Clinton. It's a new world, uh, Kanye said from his floating platform stage. Feelings matter, because guess what? Everybody in middle America felt away, and they showed you how they felt. A pro-Trump message from Kanye. However... However, he should at least do more than three songs. Not cool. And uh, also, I'm willing to bet that audience didn't particularly... Now, it's a little different because, you know, you're dealing with uh, Kanye. It's going to be a little unpredictable. But I bet they didn't really want to hear about how Hillary Clinton needed to learn a lesson. And they definitely wanted to hear more than three songs. And they didn't want to wait 90 minutes. So, not cool on either side with that. Uh, Got a lot coming up. 888-727-BECK. I will be back in just a few minutes. Stay with me. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.